Hello everyone, welcome to Space Ace, the podcast about asexuality and fandoms, you know, bringing you education and fun, always a good mix. I am joined by my lovely friend Steph today. Hello! <laughs> and it is the same Steph as was mentioned in the last podcast, um, she's my unofficial book scouter, basically. Um, it's true. I still can't believe every day you literally send me a new place that it's reached. It's true. Today was Barnes and Noble. Oh, that was today was a very, very good day. I cannot believe Barnes and Noble. It's still, <laughs> it's still like my ultimate goal to go to a Barnes and Noble one day, and now I can actually go and I can see it there. That's gonna be, that's gonna just be a day. That is. That's gonna be a great day. I just can't wait to go to the British Library and find it with you. <laughs> that is definitely something we're doing after lockdown. We are taking a trip to the British Library to go visit my book. Um, we should just go around various shops and visit your book. You can go to Watstones <laughs> and Foils and everything all in one day. Just have a London day, and then you can sign just... like secretly sign copies. Like the, honestly, do, you know, and the temptation to just go into random bookshops while I'm traveling wherever and sign copies is there. But I currently don't have a signature. But I still have like two weeks, so it's fine. It's fine. Just keep practicing. I will. Problem is, you know how small my writing is on a normal day. Having to do a big signature. That is true. Your your signatures could be absolutely tiny. I mean, it could be just be my trademark. Oh. I might just make it unique for the sake of it. Um, but just yeah, that's still a thing I'm a figuring out. So on the theme of stories, and to stop talking about my own. Um, so you were hearing this on Sunday. And yesterday, Saturday the 20th of March, was in fact National Storytelling Day which is great because we love stories. Um, so today's going to be like a little bit of a mix of like both ace sexuality in general talk and fandom talk because obviously you cannot have a fandom without having some sort of story. No matter what fandom it is, what story it is, you cannot have one without the other. Um, so we're just going to have a little general chat about that, I think, because, I mean, Steph, you love stories as much as I do. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Though I haven't written and published one. Unless fanfiction counts, but it doesn't really. No, I was going to say that. I, def- I definitely think fanfiction counts. I mean, later on, I'm going to have you on and we're going to have a whole conversation about why fanfiction's great, why we write it. And I honestly think it really helps writing. I have been writing fanfiction all my life. My first script was a Doctor Who fanfiction script, which I finished in full about two years ago, which was the best day ever. I've been writing that for about 11 years. Um, fanfiction is really what I started out with definitely so we're gonna have a whole little conversation but that's gonna be a whole separate episode because I feel like we're both gonna have a lot to say about that yeah we could talk about that for hours <laughs> exactly um so today is definitely more sort of stories in general and like how stories have influenced us how they've helped us maybe hindered us in parts um just the general theme because I think people they don't appreciate stories as a whole like I feel like people appreciate tv and books as like separate obviously separate entities but they don't appreciate just stories and like how hard it can be to tell a good story yeah like I think reading has diminished a lot with like the growth of tv and movies and streaming services and stuff like even the difference between like myself and my brother like there was three years difference between us and those three years there was like a big growth like children's tv became like a thing like cbb's became a thing in those three years and um, and he grew up and he's like a massive Harry Potter fan but he didn't actually read the books until a couple of years ago um, and that was when his wife kind of made him but but he's he's never been a, been a big reader 
um and you and you kind of see it a lot like a lot of um people like they they see films and stuff but they maybe don't take in the story from that whereas when you're reading a book like you've I feel you really take in the the story when you're reading a lot more yeah I mean I think it depends on the type of story I mean I've had the case where I've watched a film and I've taken the story more than reading a book but it just happens to be that particular book didn't I didn't think did a particularly good job of doing the story I thought this is really prevalent in like adaptations and I'm gonna have a whole separate episode about that because I have a lot of opinions on adaptations um but I do get what you mean but I think it's really funny that you say that about your brother because obviously me and your brother are exactly the same age be born in the same year we, we grew up in the same generation obviously I'm a much bigger reader than he is but I do agree with what you say about Harry Potter because obviously the first book came out the year me and your brother were both born um it came out 97 and obviously we wouldn't have read that straight away because you know we were literal children um and I I mean I was three so I don't think I read it straight no, away but you were probably close I was a fairly young reader but it was close <laughs> um but I remember the first book was read to me as like a bedtime story and then it wasn't until the films came out that I then went back to the books and finished them because they were definitely the first few were like read to me and then as I got older I started reading them more for myself and even come to seventh one me and my dad were reading it together because I was still able to read it myself but it was just a thing but I definitely think sometimes it does help having the adaptations and having that on-screen thing because it makes you want to go back but then sometimes like you said people just don't bother going back to like the original story yeah I think um sometimes people don't even realize that a film's coming from a book as well um the amount of people that have gone to films with that have been adapted from a book I'm trying to think of an example but I can't think of one right now but and they're like oh that was a real film and I'm like yeah have you read the book and they're like oh there's a book I'm like yeah the book came out like 20 years ago or whatever you know yeah I found this a lot when this tv series you came out because obviously that was a big Netflix release and obviously that that is based on this two books are currently the third book coming out in April I think which I think is going to be maybe mirroring the third series I'm not quite sure because the second book and the second series come are quite different from what I remember I didn't really enjoy the second book but I enjoyed the second series um yeah. I mean we'll talk about more about this in the adaptations but it's just an example because obviously people didn't know the book was a thing I knew it was things I'd read the book years before but I think I read it a bit too young because I enjoyed it but I didn't love it but rereading yeah. it after the series I enjoyed it a lot more but then part of me is this, is this because I'm older and I can appreciate it because it's more of an adult story or is it because I fell in love with the TV characters so I'm already transitioning these feelings? It's such a weird one because it's like, would I have enjoyed it as much if I'd read the book first at this time, then watch the series? Yeah. Or it's such a weird one. I have a habit of, of trying to, um, if I go and see um, a film that's been a, a book before, trying to go in without thinking about the book because quite often like I found I used to build up the book too much in my head and obviously they can never get all the details from a book into a film it would be hours long if they did yeah um and I think that's why I used to come out of films disappointed whereas when I went in and said right I'm just gonna watch this as a film I like, forget about the book watch it as a film quite often I find it's different because they do tell the story quite differently in a film to the book because they have to they have to find ways to make it different and I think that's why you get a different level of of storytelling through each one like sometimes the film version of a book can feel like a completely different story in a way even though it's got the same beginning middle and end yeah no I do agree and there's definitely something we can talk about more in the adaptations episode but I think yeah just in general it is important to note when talking about stories because there are so many different types and things um 
I mean, my first question for you really is like, I mean, what does stories mean to you? What what do they mean to you? Like, are they escape? Are they fun? Are they just there? Because I always think people's answers to this is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking about this when I was driving home from my parents just now because I was like, what sort of things might she ask me? Um, and <laughs> I think I've stories for me have always been an escape. Like, I grew up without, like, many friends. So I think I found my enjoyment like my way through life through stories I was always reading or writing as long as I can remember um that sort of mentioned I was a very early reader um yeah I was reading before I went to school and obviously nothing too complex but um (laughs) and I sort of I, I sort of worked through through school and I was always in the library like I escaped to the library at breaks and lunches and would just read a di- I must have read like all the books in my high school library by the end of the five years um but yeah and I would write all the time I'd always be writing I actually had I remember in my French GCSE um coursework folder um I ha- always had a few spare pieces of paper at the back and I would just write on them in lessons god knows how I passed that at any of my GCSEs because I'd always be writing during the <laughs> lesson um and yeah I would always just have that at the back to like so I think stories have just been part of my life for as long as I can remember that it's just a huge thing now and a lot of people don't expect it if they know me recently because obviously my job is very scientific my degree was very scientific all my A-levels were scientific yeah um but yeah I live in a very logistical world. Um, I like everything to be in order, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, you are factual. But I've always loved reading and writing. Uh, English was one of my favourite GCSEs. The only reason I didn't do it at A-level is because I literally didn't have enough A-levels. Um, and I needed to do the A-levels. Yeah, I think because I need, for, you know, I wanted to go to med school, so I needed to do biology, chemistry and maths. Um, and you know it didn't leave me with many other options um (laughs) my coursework for GCSE English was always so long because I could just write for England I always got told off certainly my first year of uni for making my coursework too descriptive because it was supposed to be scientific writing so I guess yeah stories have have been a bit of a saviour for me I think a lot of people do say that my whole life um in 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 all their forms not just not just reading obviously storytelling on tv has had a big impact on me uh as well I wouldn't know you I wouldn't know you it wasn't storytelling on tv yeah so I was gonna say it's people I feel like they don't appreciate through fandoms also there has to be some sort of story there we all came together through this joint love of something and it was for a love for a certain story and obviously like I said we met through the love for Doctor Who Mm -hmm. um that was sort of our first bonding thing before you know the whole theatre scene came on (laughs) And we fell into a whole other wormhole. Um, it was with Dot 2. It was with that story that entranced so many people. And I thought the people, especially with Dot 2, I thought they forget the simplicity of the story is literally we're following a Time Lord as they travel through time and space, picking up humans along the way, mm-hmm. having adventures. And I feel like people, especially now, we're so many series in, they get so caught up in all the finer details. And I am guilty for this a lot of the time um you get caught up in like all the fine details okay what's right what's wrong what's going on we just forget the whole simplicity of it's there Mm. to entertain it's also there to inform and educate about the past and 
what could be raising awareness it's all got those things in but in its simplest form it's there to whisk you away to a whole other universe yeah and and the thing with with Doctor Who and and I guess sci-fi shows in general but yeah particularly with Doctor Who is there's there's so much in there for everyone like if you don't like one doctor well there's 12 others and if you don't like one companion well there's god knows how many others you know it's yeah you might not like one era of it but there's so much else to explore and I think that's the thing with with Doctor Who is there really is something for everyone and there's so many different stories and storylines um whether factual or completely made up alien future planet stuff you know it's it's all so different but that is why we are talking now yeah too fair it is you know, Doctor Who, I think that's always going to stick with us, isn't it? It's always going yeah. to be there. Even if we find other loves, other TV shows, other books, other stories, it's still going to yeah. be there. I mean, like I said, that was my first fan fiction was Doctor mm-hmm. Who. All I do is scenario still to this day. Um, so I literally just make up little stories in my head. I remember vividly when I was in primary school, we had assemblies where we'd have like the teachers would sit on chairs on either side of the room. And I sit there and completely zoning out about what was actually being said because it wasn't very interesting to my little child brain and I sit there and look at the teachers and go right okay who's a Slovene and who's a Prilatane <laughs> I love that and I'd sit there and imagine who was who and the way the hall was is like obviously we were sitting like in the middle and there would be like double doors behind like the stage bit and I, I'd always imagine the Doctor and Rose because obviously they're my favourites but also they were the, they, they were the two at the time of yeah. this I'd, I'd always imagine them just running in and telling us all to evacuate there's been like an <laughs> alien infestation and every day I was so disappointed that it didn't oh. happen but then it you got, I think I know you got to think it's through that love of stories that I got to that place and it provided me with entertainment and escapism and I got to the point where I could imagine it as if it was happening right in front yeah. of me I feel like that's such a powerful thing that people don't even think about you can get so lost in it and like I wouldn't say it's like hallucinations I'm not going to compare the two but there were times when I really thought it was happening and you have to kick yourself thinking no no this is actually still all in my head but that's like the power yeah. of stories it's it's incredible so what would your answer be to that question like what do stories mean to you oh that I feel I feel like I can't answer this completely honestly because I am a writer and staring telling stories is kind of what I'm trying to make a living off um (laughs) I know stories I think I do agree like they are escapism they were they were just everything I mean I said this a bit in the last episode when me and Matt were talking about Delenn and Babylon 5 because I said that like she taught me so much I said they were like they were my adults they were they were my guiding lights you know as a child I think I mean I wouldn't say I was lonely because I had characters like a lot of the times it felt like it was just me my own little world which I was quite content with because I had them and I feel like I've always been guided by fiction and like they were an escape but then they just they taught me so much as well so I feel like you can't say something's a complete escape when they teach you something but it, it did feel like a complete escape and like I'll go back and say what I said on the episode as well because I said about imagining myself on that command deck with a yeah. with a Vonova and I still to this day imagine that and wish it would happen I still imagine myself as a kid on that space station because it felt like home stories felt like a home in a way that nothing else ever did yeah and like, I just longed for more of that, more of that feeling, that homeness, that comfort. And so stories are home to me, basically. It's where I've made my home. It's where I continue to make my home. Um, 
it's just where I feel most comfortable, like within a story. I mean, now it's kind of transitioned to me writing my own, which is scary on a whole other level. How we now provide that comfort for other people, which I mean, I, that is still, I think, my ultimate goal as a writer. Obviously, people do it because they love it, and I love to tell stories. But to ever have someone come up to me and go, your story made me feel at home, your characters helped me to this, that I think would be the ultimate moment where I think I've actually made it. Like, I can have how many other books out, yeah. I can have how many films, TV series, but it's only when that moment happens I'll think, okay, I've done something right here. Because so many stories, so many characters have helped me through so much. Just to go up yeah. to them, go up to the actors, the writers, and just go, thank you, because... I would not have got through this if it hadn't been for these characters, these stories. So they, I don't know, stories are just everything. They are literally my whole entire living, breathing world. And, you know, things yeah. haven't changed. I still come into my bedroom and write fan fiction. Like, whenever I have a spare second. I mean, I've planned out a five book Babylon five fan fiction series. I mean, I think it's more That's, dedication than that. That is pretty impressive I have to say in fact I was actually writing fan fiction before we came on <laughs> I need to I haven't had time to sit down and do it I've had far <laughs> too many adulting things to do which is really sad um but yeah I think that would be my general answer yeah but your your novel is sat on the shelf behind you so no no I love how that is the first thing you said when we came on Zoom. <laughs> I got so excited. I could just see it in the background. I, like, I mean, oh oh, they did just arrive today. So it was kind of, that was the most surreal package thing ever. Um, Like me, it was me, Rihanna, Lucy, like my two of my housemates. We were all upstairs and then the doorbell went and we were like, what's going on? And we're like, oh, we think it's the Amazon man. I was like, well, none of us have ordered anything from Amazon. And then Lucy was like, oh, it's for you. And I'm like, oh, what have we ordered? And I was like, it could be the box. And we looked at each other going, the box. And it was just a moment where we were like, we knew what it was. Oh, that's just nothing's ever. Oh, nothing's ever gonna amazing! What a way to celebrate World Story National Storytelling Day. World National, whatever it is, storytelling day. What way <laughs> yeah, to celebrate? National Storytelling Day? Yeah, I know. It's just, it's just the whole thing is bizarre. Um, I mean, kind of keep on theme that stories that have like helped us. And mostly, you said they're an escape, which I know probably would have helped. Um, in terms of like helping you with things in real life. Like, have you ever had that a moment where you're really struggling with something and then you see either yourself reflected in a story or a similar situation or anything and it's, like, helped you through it? Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, I think um, as a kid, especially, like, I would I would always aspire to be characters in books um, or on TV or whatever. Like, there would always be a character. Yeah. <laughs> throughout and I'd be like oh yeah I like I'd love to be like them and and it would always be like the the, the heroine or the, the hero of the book the kind one the the one who really wants to help people all that kind of thing mm. um like and I guess that's kind of where some of my personality comes from um I guess with all the way I'm always trying to help people sometimes to my own deficit but that's <laughs> that's a whole other story um <laughs> but yeah I guess with um tv shows as well like I'm trying to think of like a specific moment um well we were talking about it just before we came on weren't we um how I only came out as bi last year or the year before the year before I think the year before I think um, yeah. yeah I think it was 2019 um not to everyone my family don't know 
but they're not going to be listening to this, so it's fine. My family don't know I'm ace, it's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, that was weirdly what made me realise that was not even a bi character as mm. such. Um, it was just a mix of watching Jodie Whittaker and Doctor Who <laughs> and Mandic Girl, let's be honest. Um, and I say, we'll definitely get them later. You can definitely talk about them later. <laughs> and... Um, and then I something something sort of set off in my brain, uh, and then I went back and watched um, series, uh, some of series eight and nine um, with Clara, and the obviously Clara's sort of confirmed bisexual. I think she is. I'm going to take that um, as confirmed. Base basically confirmed with the with the Jane Eyre statement. I think that confirmed it. Um, I think most people kind of... Yeah, it doesn't need to be spelled yeah, out. Yeah, I think most people take it as canon. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that that's kind of where it came from, um, was that. And and um, I spent a lot of time watching Doctor Who to work out my sexuality, which is kind of strange, but uh, there was obviously a lot of hints in series 10 um, with bill obviously she was gay not bi but um i think there was a lot of mm. a lot of the hinting in doctor who resonated with me quite a lot um and it was it was the sort of subtle storytelling yeah. um within that i guess because it's my favorite show um and i relate to it a lot having that sort mm. of seeing that through there made me feel a bit more comfortable with it and able to accept who i was so i guess that was a big thing and i know i started this saying ah oh, books are where the big stories are blah, blah, blah. but it was it was storylines on Doctor Who that helped me to realize who I was yeah so. I mean I feel like um it can be either or because I've had only met there's many been book ace representation I mean like I want to do the whole episode on the fact that there is like nothing ace representative out there you can't think of one off the top of your head really like mainstream at least um there isn't a known asexual no. character because it's but it's not really a thing like we're one percent of the population it's not a known thing which is i completely mm. understand so so when you think of people who are everything else apart from straight you immediately go to okay they're gay they're lesbian they're bi those are like the big things i was having a conversation with mm. my friends earlier about it because um she came out as bi i think it was like the same year as you actually um and now she fully just represents herself as lesbian which you know that's fine um you do you yeah um but it's just like we were saying basically like when you think of someone who isn't straight you automatically go to like gay lesbian bi and you don't really think about anything else you know there are others out there but you don't tend to think about them really i mean obviously the whole mm. um other things they may they may pop up but like i said you don't really think about them and i i think i said this before but i think i would have realized I was asexual and realized all that about myself a lot quicker if I'd had the representation on screen and in books. And I remember, I think I must have only been yeah. maybe about 13. Like, I wasn't young, but I wasn't old either. I was very much like the middle, middle aging, you know, as, as, a, as a child, middle age. Um, <laughs> and there was a duology series. The first one was called Ultraviolet, and the second one was called Quicksilver. And the there's a character in it called Tori and in the first one she's not really in it much because she's like missing 
I mean, spoilers, but in the second one, she's back and we learned that mm. she's asexual and it's not really spoken of much. It's mainly just sort of said that she's not interested in anyone um, and that's pretty much all it says. Like, it isn't a major theme. It is a part of her character. She's one of the main characters, but it isn't really explored because I guess the story wasn't about that. But that's when I first heard the word and I was like, okay. But then I didn't think about it anymore because obviously it wasn't really a big thing in the book. Not that it, it always should be, but it wasn't really explored that much. Maybe because also at the times, this was what, maybe, I don't know, like 2011, 2012 or something. Um, yeah. It was still quite early on for a lot of things. Obviously, we've progressed a lot in like the last 10 years. Um, but I definitely think having more representation definitely would have helped me realise it sooner. I mean, having something like that on Doc 2 would be monumental. Absolutely. Yeah, because definitely. obviously that's such a big platform. And that's the thing, what you said about, um, obviously you learn more about yourself from TV, but I think TV is such a bigger platform nowadays, especially since lockdown. All we've done is binge stuff. And I think the majority of people have watched TV rather than film because obviously there's a lot more content. You can lose yourself for a lot longer. You can spend days and months on one TV show, whereas a film you finish in a day. Agents and, of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I feel like um, there's just such a bigger platform for TV, like I said, especially now because of lockdown. And if we have more ace representation on TV, I'm like, it's just going to change the world. I mean, that's, I mean, that's not my ultimate goal. I am going to change the world and make everyone aware of asexuality. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the ultimate need, thing. It needs to happen, though, because that is where a lot of people learn about this kind of thing. Like, yeah. Obviously, it's starting to be talked about a bit more in schools. Um, and a lot of, you know, kids are growing up on the internet where it's talked about more. But, but I didn't even know that... I guess, I don't know, I sort of knew that gay people existed and things, but I didn't really know that bisexuality was a thing until I was no probably a late teenager, maybe even at uni. Same. And, um, and asexuality I definitely didn't know about until a few years ago. Um, and that was all learned through um, like bisexuality and uh, gay and lesbian and, and trans for me was all learned through media, through books or tv or film and asexuality i just learned about on like tumblr and twitter and tiktok and things and um i remember when i first got tiktok last year one of the first people i followed was actually uh, an asexual content creator just because mm. i was like oh my gosh i do not know enough about this and so i followed her to learn more yeah. not because i thought it had anything to do with me but because i i want to be educated and then obviously like when you came out um I was like, I really need to know more about this. Like, I don't feel, it doesn't feel right being a friend of somebody who identifies as something and not knowing anything about it, if that makes sense. I mean, for that, yeah, I understand that. But I, I honestly think about that. Don't don't worry about it. Just like, ask me any question you want. Mm. It's like, when I first came out to my housemates, they were a bit sort of like, they were sort of quiet, but more because not that they were offended, not that they were shocked, but more the fact that they didn't know what it was. They didn't quite know what to say. And like I remember yeah. one of them said to me, like, I, honestly, I don't know what to say because I don't want to offend you. It's like, honestly, you yeah. won't. I thought like that's also the problem. We're so like quick on like trying to defend ourselves in terms of like, we don't want to offend anyone else. We want to like say the right thing. Yeah. But I think it's really hard when like, you, said, you don't know anything about yeah. it. But I mean, I personally don't mind because it's such a new thing. People are going to get the facts wrong. People are going to take a while to understand. And I feel like people also, they everyone has the capacity to understand, but I feel like you're never going to understand it in the same way if you're not asexual, which is completely fine. 
but I think it's also going to take people a lot longer to understand because especially because of what mm. it is I feel like even coming out as like bi it must have been easier in a way to tell people because obviously the whole simple fact is that you are just into guys and girls yeah it's a simple fact you just like both and most people can identify with liking one person but yet with asexuality it's a simple thing of you don't physically have the capacity to like anyone in that way you don't have that drive and obviously most people do have that drive and they don't understand how you can't and it's so hard to explain that you just don't yeah I get that like like coming out as as gay or bi like yeah some people don't get it but they understand the feeling of liking someone that way even if it's a different gender or you know whatever um whereas asexuality is so different I think it it's hard for people to wrap their head around something that they've never felt um and I think that's where representation in stories for asexuality would be amazing because people can relate to characters and it's 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 like seeing it in a in a real life context almost, especially on TV. I mean, it would be amazing in books, definitely. But I think for representation purposes, people seeing it on a TV screen with a real character in front of them would be so good for people to understand, like telling a, a story through television to get a point across like that is so much better I think in some ways because seeing as believing yeah and no, I do agree and I think as well a lot of people would more more inclined to pay attention if it's on tv so like we know that not everyone is a reader not everyone's going to go and pick up the latest book about this and people get drawn in a lot more to tv and they are I think they're just more susceptible to watch it and especially now that we've gone through like every different type of thing we can watch I think we've all especially during lockdown we've all watched things that we wouldn't have watched ordinarily because we've had the time well not not you because you've still been at work but majority <laughs> of people have still had the time I've still um, had more time <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah um but yeah it's like uh, my episode I did a few weeks ago about Loveless the book that was a whole thing about a mm. girl realizing she's ace at uni if I'd had that I said I think if I if I'd had that at 13 14 years old I would have known then but because I didn't have it then, I didn't know. And I think if that was ever produced into a TV show or a film, it, I think it would just be life-changing for people to have that mm. representation, to have that, um, just seeing it. I mean, like you said, people relate to characters. And I think the one thing I loved about that book was that everything she was saying, I completely got, like the whole thing she said about love being a mirage and the way that she sees things, like the character sees things is so different to the way other characters see things because that's how she is and yeah to ever have that representation I mean answering kind of the question same as you did I think mm. I, mean, I think I already have but just following on from that um I think having more sort of that would have definitely helped me to be less confused but I mean I remember as well there was a story that I loved I absolutely loved it um it was called Rumor Like a Book and the whole thing is about a character coming out as gay. She realises she's gay because she falls in love with her English teacher. And it's one of my favourite books still. I I have been allowed to adapt it into a TV show Ooh. when I have the funding. So that'll be a really future project. I know the author's going to be her blessing, which is amazing. I need to reward that's her with like, a copy of the book. Um, yeah, I mean, that's cool. She agrees that, what, like January 2020, and then, you know, the whole world went to hell. Um, so hopefully one day that, that will happen. But the thing I loved about that was that obviously I can't relate to it in the same way because I'm I'm not gay 
Um, but the way that she described the whole process of the girl being so confused and she started questioning everything, everything she thought she knew, everything that couldn't possibly be true. And it was seeing that thought process was very much like, okay, even though I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't relate to it in the same way because she was coming to terms with the fact that she was gay, not ace. It was still very much that process of everything isn't as she was thought it to be like she grew up thinking she was straight because obviously most people yeah. grow up thinking that a straight it just tends to be a thing unless you have gay parents I guess um but she was very much married parents they well they were getting divorced but that's besides the point um she grew up with like straight love around her I guess and like just the thought process I really mm. understood and the certain way she described her feelings towards different people I've never resonated with anything so much in my life, but not in the same way as she felt it, because she felt it, like, romantically and and whatnot. But, I mean, just having that made me feel a lot better about how I was feeling about things. Even though it wasn't the same, it was very similar, which was all I had had at that point in time. But, yeah, I think just that relation to characters is something else. Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, this is slightly on a different tangent, but it just set me thinking, like, one of the things I love about your book... um, yeah, Steph has already read it. I have already read it. I pre-read it um, uh, a couple of months ago now. Um, it is the fact that, and I don't, obviously no spoilers, but that you don't you don't center anything on a a romantic um, tale. It's not it's not a massive romantic tale like a lot of books are. Obviously, there there's relationships no. in there, and I won't talk about them, but um, but they're very well <laughs> written. Um, and thank you i think that the way you represent all the characters in the book is very clever and obviously there's nothing there's varying levels of relationships in there i'm trying to say it without actually (laughs) saying it but i'm sure you know what i mean um yeah there's varying levels of relationship in there and and a lot of different representation in various ways that nothing's thrown in your face it's all just very subtle and, and and very clever um and yeah, I actually, I love the way that those characters are written because it's not your average book. <laughs> Thank where... you. I mean, I will admit, like, one thing I really struggled with when coming to terms of being ace, because I came to terms with it sort of in my own time when I went to uni, it was very much when I was in my own space, in my own head. And I always worried at the back of my head, it was like, you're never going to be a successful writer because you don't know how to write a love story. And for ages, it really sent me spinning because obviously everything is centered around romance. I said this in my very first introduction, the world is run on money and sex. And I'm never going to take that Mm. statement back because I think it's so true. That's all people tend to think about is money and sex, basically, or relationships, but you know, the whole tangent. And I remember just being in such a tears, such a spoil because I can't write a love story because I physically don't know how to. Obviously, I know through characters, I can write all the the soppy, fluffy fan fiction until the sun goes down, because I know them, I know how to write them, but crafting your own characters is such a different thing, it's such a different skill, it's such a different mindset, and I knew I could never write a convincing love story, and I'm still going to try one day just to see if I can, but I feel like I'm never going to be able to, because I physically don't have those feelings, I don't have that drive. I do have the capacity to love, and I do, but not in the same way. And I knew mm. going into that book that I didn't want that to be the centre because, one, we don't see it every day. I mean, like you said, everything, there's always romantic characters around. And two, I know how to write platonic relationships. Platonic relationships are my everything. They have yeah. been my everything for a long time. Mm. Um, but only in the past few years, I've really understood how much like they are my everything. And 
I mean, like I said, there aren't, aren't enough books and anything centered around them. Um, but also I know how to do them. And like, I thank you. I know how to do them well. Um, because <laughs> I know them, I've lived them. I live them every day to different, obviously different capacities. But I mean, do you, like, do you remember my massive unreal phase? Do you remember that? Yeah. That was yeah. at the height of this. Um, <laughs> that series was my everything when this book was being written. And I think you probably can see that. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I need to have a whole episode about that. But basically, it's people that don't know me and don't know how much I've gone about it. Unreal is basically an amazing drama TV series about the producers making a reality show, which is kind of like a dating show like The Bachelor, loosely based. Anyway, not important. Um, the main relationship in that is between the executive producer and like the training producer. It's very much starting off like a teacher-student thing because like Quinn is like the boss. She's the big boss in charge of everything you know she she is the she is the show and then she has like her little apprentice Rachel and their relationship just spoke to me so much because I'd never seen anything represented that felt so real to me because they it was very much a love-hate thing in terms of like they were fine one minute then they're Rachel's throats the next which was was very real I think especially in the workplace when you're working in such close quarters all the time but the thing that really got me about that was just I don't know just how true it was the fact that they could love each other so much but it not be romantic and it still gets me when people comment on my YouTube videos about them saying oh wish they just kiss already it's like you, you're missing the point you're actually missing yeah. the point here and I feel like people have lost the capacity to understand how important platonic relationships are because everyone's just too obsessed with love yeah 100% people don't you know people are just always wanting characters to get together and I mean, obviously, I'm guilty of that in some respects, but I can understand when characters aren't meant to be together. Yeah. Um. When like that, like romantically, when it's when it is a platonic relationship, and um. Uh, my my big one there is uh the twelfth uh, Doctor and Clara. Oh. I don't understand people shipping them romantically. No, I don't get it. No, I just don't. Not I know I I don't have an issue with age difference relationships. No. That's not where I'm going with this. They just don't suit a romantic relationship. However, as a platonic relationship, it's a perfectly written relationship. They were beautiful together. They suited each other. The storyline written between them um, throughout series eight and nine was very good. Um, Clara suited the 12th Doctor much more than the 11th Doctor, in my opinion. Mm. Um, Agreed. And they... the the change between series eight and nine and everything I could go into that for hours but <laughs> another episode I don't personally personally don't believe they should be shipped romantically mm. no offense to anyone who does yeah I'm not having a go at you all opinions um, are our own but but for for me that's like a really big like platonic relationship yeah no I do definitely agree with you that I remember watching it and we all know I'm not opposed to shipping the doctor and the companion because, you know, Dr. and Mary Tyler are my life, as you witnessed when I met them in person. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that is a story for a whole other day. Um, but, yeah, definitely, when Series 9 was on, I think Series 9 was also when I fell back in love with the show, because I did fall out of love with it a bit when Eleven Doctor was on. Not anything against him, against anyone. It just wasn't my era. I can still mm. appreciate it. I still like it. I still go back and watch it now, but it wasn't my era, especially at the time. And they really brought the show back to life for me, and... I, from right from the beginning I did not ship them romantically like I said they just didn't it was so beautifully written as a platonic relationship like you were saying but it just wasn't 
it just wasn't romantic at all but also people forget she was getting over Danny sorry to bring him up and break your heart but um like she yeah. is getting over well, there, him there's an example of a poorly written storyline was Danny Pink yeah but that is a story for another day <laughs> I feel like we need to have a whole episode about poorly written storylines because we know I have a lot of um stuff to say about this but, yeah but yeah. the but the but I know where you're going with that because the follow-up to him dying, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> was was her getting over it and ultimately that leading, leading to her death. Yeah. And that was very well written and that was an excellent storyline. Yeah, and I feel like people that ship them just don't, they don't understand the true meaning of it. I feel like people who ship people for the sake of it don't understand the real meaning behind all this. And sometimes it mm. just doesn't. It, it just doesn't work and he would need to appreciate platonicness but I think also people forget because they're so caught up in romance it's like well do you have more romantic or platonic relationships in your life in real life um I would like to mm. guess that you have more platonic relationships people just forget and because if you they don't have are you okay yeah I mean if you have more romantic relationships then I mean, you do you but I, I don't understand um <laughs> but yeah, yeah it just no I get it I mean Oh, I feel like we've gone on so many tangents here, but there's so much to we, say about We absolutely stories. have. I feel... I... <laughs> but no, to be fair, though, we, we both had coming out experiences of sorts, and, like, they've both been related to stories. I mean, I know I'm yep. so confident to say that without being told about it through stories... I mean, there was also a podcast I was listening to at the time about asexuality, which really helped me understand it as well. But without that initial sort of mm. kick going this is what you could be I don't think I ever would have guessed and it isn't without this yeah. representation so like we're not told much I mean I don't know about now but we weren't told anything in schools we don't learn it in textbooks it's not something that you are exposed to unless you not that you seek it out but unless you're exposed to it through another medium like tv like films like books um and I feel like I feel like you probably would have known at some point if it hadn't been for that but probably not as quickly by any means yeah I've no idea when I'd have known no it's just because it's not like I've had a relationship to even realize. I guess it's like mm. all my experience. How oh, this is me really like outing <laughs> myself, isn't it? But I've never really had a relationship to to experience that to know how I'd feel either way. But I do know who I'm attracted to now. But I don't know if I how soon I'd have realized that without seeing that representation. Yeah, exactly. And sort of going, oh my gosh, that's me. Yeah, and then that's the power of stories. I mean, obviously stories, they, they're meant to represent everyone and everything in some capacity. But yeah, I feel like people forget how healing and how encouraging stories can be. Because like I said, I mean, if I hadn't had that, I definitely wouldn't have had the courage to realise who I am, let alone come out and talk about it on the podcast. Like, it's taken stories to have that courage and to do it and to have those characters around me. Like, I just, I've just i just got a little blanket of characters that I just go to I mean yeah it's just I don't know characters are just life stories they're just the way life works I think stories make the world go round personally oh definitely I mean if think about it if you got rid of all stories you'd lose all books all tv dramas all films like story and and people have stories as well you know Mm. and I guess and it's not so much talked about when you think about a story but but real life stories are are huge and you know, I'm a big yeah true crime documentary type person but but that's because I love well <laughs> I don't know if I love learning about these people but I find it fascinating learning about how people's brains work and 
why people would do these things and um <laughs> it's interesting the motivation yeah. and, and learning about people's history um yeah and, and knowing the stories that are, and I think real life stories are massively important and if we didn't talk about those who knows where we'd be now yeah no I do agree I think the balance between fiction and then obviously real stories then also I think people forget how much real stories do inspire fiction I mean me and Matt talked a bit about this in the last episode but there's there are parts of me in the book as much as I don't want to admit it it's true I feel that there's parts of every writer and everything whether it's the writing for books tv film there's always gonna be a part of them in there because you just you can't not as much as you can craft these characters, there's always going to be a little bit of you, a little bit of your life that sneaks in. It may come in the most unexpected ways. And like I said last episode, I stopped writing the book for a year because stuff came out in the writing and the story that I couldn't handle at the time. I didn't have the capacity to think about or let alone deal with because I had a, there was obviously there was other stuff yeah. going on, but I also just wasn't ready because I never really thought about it. So stories can make or break you, but they're just so important, I think, to how you develop and every stories are just everything so everyone needs to appreciate stories especially on national storytelling day 100 and i think um you're talking about finding bits of yourself in in what you write i think it's it's automatic to write what you know isn't it when you're writing mm. um yeah that's what they tell you to do though i was at uni so yeah. they tell you to write what you know right you know even if you're writing in a, a, a completely different universe a completely different world like like you're your book is is set you know it's it's not set right here right now you're not writing based on your own life right this second but you write based on your experiences with relationships and um Mm. you know school and just your interactions with people in general like I I see it in my writing as well Uh, I mean I, I don't know about you, but I can be writing and it doesn't matter how much I've planned it, but I'll write something and I'm like, where the frick did that come from? Like, yeah. That is not what I plan- that is not what I planned to write. And then you sort of look back on it and go, oh, okay, you know, that, that's like, that's like what happened to me when, and you just don't, you know, I'm not saying everything I write has got anything, everything to do with me because God, my life would be messed up if it did, but it, yeah, I think um, you do subconsciously write what you know, even if you're not, even if it's not what you planned. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I do definitely agree with that. And it's really strange how it comes out. We don't always agree with how it comes out, but you know, it happens. I love to stand with like every book that I've related to and every book that I've loved so much. I love seeing the writer going. So, what part of you is in here? If you don't mind me asking, that's like what what part of you is in here? I think especially <laughs> those those people who write stuff that's like so out of like their comfort zone and things like that it's like so how did you get to from you to this like I think it's just such an interesting conversation but I it's also so personal so I, I'd love to but I don't think I would ever sit down with someone and ask them that because it is such a personal thing I think even with writing fan fiction there's yeah. still elements of you in there I mean I will forever say that I I'm not an actress, but if I was offered a certain role in Doctor Who that was from my script, I would take it because I'm never going to see not me playing that character because I've been writing that character since I was 11 and it was my insertion into the world that I loved so dearly, that I still love so dearly, and no one else is ever going to play that character if it ever gets made. I have I have coined it as the 60th anniversary, so it will be getting made for the 60th anniversary. <laughs> and I will get to star in my role. Um, <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'm here but, for that. I'm here yeah. for that. No. Yeah. I, 
I think stories are huge um, and can have a massive impact. Yeah. And stories give us friends. We've learned that. Absolutely. I think (laughs) 99% of my friends now have come through stories, whether that be TV or um, film or theatre. They've come through stories. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, theatre is storytelling too, definitely. It's just a different type of storytelling. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I do think the same. I mean, all so many of my experiences, so many things have happened would not have happened without stories. I mean, all the fun we've had at all the miracle days wouldn't have happened if Russell didn't sit down and thought, you know what, I'm going to sit and make this th- this thing a thing. I'm going to write, make a talk yeah. to it a thing that's going to be on BBC. And so I think it's just so mad to think about if something hadn't happened, if they hadn't brought Dot 2 back, if they hadn't invented Torchwood we wouldn't be friends. Like, we wouldn't know the people that we know, and that's crazy. Yeah, because my friends live all across the country. Like, these 99% of friends I'm talking about, none of them live where I live. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it's... Yeah, I don't have many local friends at all. Like, my friends live all over the place, and there is no way I'd have met them without Doctor Who coming back or, or the theatre yeah. or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's just all come out of one man sitting down and deciding to bring back Doctor Who. That is the reason I have friends now. Yeah, I mean, it's like when I was at school, there was literally just, obviously, Matt, who was on my last episode, who was, like, my first, like, proper nerdy friend. We'd sit there and just talk for hours about the latest Doctor Who episodes. Obviously, we were at school at the height of Doctor Who, whereas, obviously, we had Holden Maximus era then. I think when I was in sixth form, we had Capaldi's era. I think I left in year 13, and it was... We were either going into Series 9 or... Series... No, Series 9 was already a thing. Um, yeah, because Series 10 was my first year of uni. Yeah, and it was, it was him and some one other person, and we'd just geek out. And we were seen as, like, the odd ones because, obviously, people didn't care about stories the same way we did. And I remember thinking, I'm always going to be the odd one out here because, obviously, I still have friends who appreciate this, but there's, like, three of yeah. us, and it's not, it's not a thing. And then, obviously, coming to conventions, like, meeting you and everyone else, it's like, oh, my God, we are, we are a power here. There's so yeah. many more of us. And, like I said, it is just ridiculous thing that if someone hadn't picked up that pen and done it they wouldn't have that and I still think it's mad to think that now with obviously my book coming out I mean not to keep talking about it love it's great but I think it's completely ridiculous to think that two people could read that and bond over it and they wouldn't be Mm. friends if they hadn't read it I think it goes to all books but I think just having written that just thinking that that's obviously it may never happen which is fine but having that as a feasible possibility is so insane to think about that like two people may not be friends they may not have anything in common but they'll read the same book and think oh actually we've got something to talk about we're now going to be friends and that friendship will then spark into maybe something long lasting it's just insane to think that that came from one story one person's thoughts putting pen to paper fingers to keyboard it's absolutely insane it's it's crazy like when you sort of delve into and look at stories in in depth how how much storytelling makes such a massive difference to everybody like even if they don't realize it 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 makes such a huge difference and you know we we all went to school Mm. and had to study books in English and some people loved it and some people hated it and um we've all grown up around stories you know we had reading homework when we were five and um and you know English coursework when we were 16 it's all you know we've all grown up around it even if it's not our favorite thing in the world um and people don't 
don't necessarily realize how much it's affected no I agree and I think that is the perfect place for us to end this one basically saying stories are important everyone should appreciate them more I feel like everyone should appreciate them more especially during lockdown because people they don't understand how much effort goes into crafting them and making them I think so many people take them for granted and yet what do those people do in lockdown they binge TV, they watched every film under the sun, they may have read books for the first time in 10 years exactly. and they don't appreciate it. I think this is also yeah. just a big, we need to do everything we can to save the arts and appreciate everyone who is a part of that industry because it's so 100%. important to our livelihood and mental health and everything else. That's a whole other topic for a whole other time. But yes, we yeah. appreciate stories. We're very grateful for them. And I mean, stories have changed our lives and that we can both take out of there definitely well thank you so much for coming on it's been a pleasure and i will definitely be having you back when we have a whole fan fiction episode because i feel like we have a lot to talk about so much to talk about (laughs) in that capacity i mean i don't write it as much as i wish i had time to but it's still such a big thing and i do want to talk about how i think it has helped my writing personally Mm. i think fan fiction does help writing in all sorts of ways but yeah we'll definitely talk about that at a later date and i'm sure i'll have you on for some other character study <laughs> at some point you know because the females of sci-fi is going to be a yep. thing and i think i need to have you on to talk about yaz because i don't really have much to say about yaz i could talk about um, yaz for a long time like you have a lot to say about yaz i could talk about us for so a i think time. you should just run that episode I'll just, I'll just talk and you can listen that's fine no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, thank you very much. So everyone, listen to Steph, my official book sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you a badge. I would love a badge. I absolutely would love a badge. <laughs> I'm already getting a poster though. I'm so excited. Is there anyone who's listening in America? It's currently up for pre-order at Barnes & Noble. Yes, it is. And anyone who lives in the Netherlands or Denmark or Sweden or wherever else I found it, it's all available. Just go and search for it. <laughs> Well, the other day, what was it? Um, like a really tiny independent bookshop in like Colorado or something. Yeah, just this most random bookshop came <laughs> up when I was searching. I was like, this is crazy. It's just some like family run bookshop. It's so cool. Oh my God. What I was saying is I was told that like, the big, big chains and stuff it would be released in, but I wasn't told everywhere. Like I wasn't told about the Netherlands or Sweden or like the independent Colorado bookshop. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So cool. So, so cool. Yes. Love it. Yeah, and it's terrifying that it is going to be released very, very, very soon. Yeah, so. it's what is it, <laughs> uh, 10 days from the release date of this podcast? Oh, yeah, 10, 10, 10 so days. If you're listening on Sunday, yeah, if you're 10 days. Sunday, 10 days, yeah, 10 days for me to come up with a signature and try and figure out how to sign books. <laughs> uh, and also, I feel like I'm going to have to have a pen where you can't see the ink rub off on my hand because I am left-handed and that is a growing problem. <laughs> You need to learn to sign books left-handed. Basically. But, yes. Good luck. Thank you. And thank you very much for coming on. hope everyone's had a joyous time listening. Stay tuned for more episodes. You could all subscribe. You could all go follow the Instagram page, which is spaceace underscore 21. I'm littlewolf16 on Instagram. Steph, you have multiple accounts. Yes, pick one. (laughs) 
um, my, my, oh, there's, there's a theatre one. There's a theatre one, which is Stuff West Ends, or uh, my cosplay one is Cosplay Stuff. Yeah, we cosplay together as well. That's fun. Everyone should go and look at our social media for our lovely picture with Michelle Gomez, which is still one of my favourite things we've ever done. The best thing we've ever done. I might repost that now, and then it'll be like the most recent thing on my <laughs> We need to figure out what we're going to do for our <laughs> next one, because when we go back to Comic-Con, we do have more photos together. So we need to come up with some Yes, we do. They're going to be legendary. things, you know, for all of our cosplay things. Um, but yes... Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Like I said, please subscribe, stay tuned. Next week, I'm hoping that there will be a character study on Rose Tyler because it will be the week of, um, well, the closest day in the week of New Who's anniversary in March. So, see, that was a big thing for us, I know. But we'll see if this actually happens. We know how my plans tend to go awry. But that's the... That's the current plan for next week. So stay tuned if you want to listen to about Rice Tyler. And I'm going to have a lot to say on that topic, as everyone who knows me will know. Um, she is everything. But yes, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for listening. And I think that's it. Happy Sunday, everyone. And Space Ace out. Space Ace.